Welcome to Pastoral Advisory, Culturally Incorrect Material. This podcast is brought to you by May the Exchange Media Lab. If you would like to be on the show, you can contact me at bethechurch.go at gmail.com. If you are interested in some of our training, you could go to www.bethechurch.training and download some material there for free. All right, let's get into today's episode. Okay, so as we talked about in our last episode, we are going to be talking about um, the idea of who's the boss, um, which really revolves around uh, traditional church leadership and the struggle um, that develops due to a hierarchical uh, leadership model, which really resembles a business with you know the person on the top typically being the senior or lead pastor kind of functioning as a CEO. Um, and so the problem that we start seeing develop with this hierarchy type of a model uh, is that you know, whoever is on top there, so within the church, it, it tends to be, you know, like I said, you know, the senior pastor, they start you know, being viewed as kind of like special or extra holy um, because of the position, right? Um, there, People aren't necessarily looking at the pastor's qualifications. They're not looking at the pastor's lifestyle necessarily. Uh, they're not even necessarily looking at how much the pastor actually knows because the foundational structure is based on a business model. By default, people tend to assume that the senior pastor is all-knowing, you know, kind of the special person, right? Even if they know he's not all-knowing, it's kind of is put there. They're they're put in this position like a CEO would be put in, like, okay, they're kind of untouchable type of an idea. So the, the, the unfortunate part of this, you know, hierarchy system within a church is that it actually downs downplays the gifts that Jesus gave to the church in Ephesians 4, right? What it does is it elevates the the pastor to the prime gifting uh, and kind of sets all of the other giftings aside um, or, or at least puts them lower than the pastor. And that is not what we see in Scripture, right? What we see in Ephesians 4 is Jesus giving all of the gifts right, for the maturity of the church. In fact, it actually says that if we want the church to be mature, we need all five of these gifts. And so you can already see the problem when we have a hierarchy system, you know, like a pyramid, you you have the pastor on top and everybody else kind of trickles down below, where scripture actually teaches us that the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, uh, the pastor and the teacher are all equally important in order for the church to become mature, right? But when all of these other giftings are set aside or at least viewed as being less important, what ends up happening is there's a misrepresentation of what we find in 1 Peter 2.5, which the Bible calls the priesthood of all believers, meaning that all believers have the responsibility to function you know, in a pastoral capacity to some degree, right? Um, there's this 
series out there. Uh, it, it's called Band of Brothers. Um, it's it's um, it's from HBO Home Entertainment, and, and it's kind of similar to one of the scenes there. And I actually share this in my book, right? It's similar to a scene there where um, a soldier and his superior are having a pretty significant disagreement, right? And the soldier kind of mouths off to his superior. And the superior looks at him, you know, and says, we, what, what, let me, I want to make sure I, I get the quote uh, perfectly, right? Um, It says, we salute the rank, not the man. And that is what ends up happening within churches is we salute the position or we respect the pastor, not the man. We salute the pastor, not the man, which means because they hold this position, they have a certain amount of authority, right? But that is not how we should be functioning as the church, right? We should not be viewing one man as superior just because he has a position, right? The Bible teaches us that our foundation should be on Christ alone. That means if we are going to have one person as head of the church, it should be Jesus, right? And everybody else should uh, really be working together, right? And so because of this, expectation of respect and power. Um, churchgoers often look to position and title as a reason for respect, knowledge, and obedience, not the pastor's gifts, right? And that, that really is a quote right out of my book, Awakening the Sleeping Giant, Church Rediscovered, right? And so they're not really looking at the personal walk of the pastor. It's just this, this assumption that because they're pastor, we should respect them. They have the knowledge they need, um, et cetera, et cetera, right? But what ends up happening when you have that, right, it's like a trickle effect, like it's like a snowball um, or even an avalanche. So uh, my son and I, we love uh, to rock climb and and really starting to learn about even some more outdoor adventurous things. And last night we actually watched a documentary on skiing, right, and how avalanches start, they they start with one little crack and all of a sudden a whole mountainside uh, turns into an avalanche. And that really is what happens if we operate churches with a hierarchy leadership model, right? Uh, Because what ends up happening is questioning a pastor then, right, is often seen as disrespectful, um, even prideful or rebellious, right? Because now that pastor and maybe even the elders like assume, like, because I have this position, I, uh, I demand this respect. And so when you actually start questioning you know, whether the pastor is doing what they're supposed to or not, or even if you ask the pastor a question in regards to, you know, his leadership, um, it can be taken in an extremely negative way. So what ends up happening, and if you are part of any sort of church leadership or eldership that, you know, functions with a hierarchy system, uh, I'm going to guess you could probably relate to this, right? A sort of, uh, a sort of fear develops among uh, leadership, Right, because they don't want to ruffle the feathers. Right, they don't want to uh, be viewed as rebellious or prideful or disrespectful. So what ends up happening is when they gather in a meeting, you know, and the pastor is asking questions or whoever's on the hierarchy, the, the top of the hierarchy, right? When they start asking, you know, leadership, you know, for questions on, you know, suggestions, what really ends up happening is he receives some pretty vague answers. And they're really kind of directed in the direction that they know the pastor already wants anyway, 
because they they know that chances are the pastor is not going to necessarily listen to them. It's really whatever he has set in his mind is going to take place. And, and so it really is more of, uh, from the pastor's perspective, him asking is really just like a kind gesture or a formality, right? Um, I was actually part of a church that functioned like this, where the pastor just assumed because he was the pastor, he got to make all the decisions. He didn't need to ask anybody uh, about the decisions he was making. Uh, he didn't even need their input. In, in fact, when a decision was made by a majority of the leadership, he felt he could change the decision just because he simply felt it was the best idea, right? And that is extremely unhealthy in, in a exact representation of a business model, right? And so what ends up happening is um, on paper, the leadership looks great, right? It looks like they're a caring involved team, right? It looks like they really want to come together and work together. But the reality of it is, is most of them on this leadership team know that their opinion doesn't matter. Uh, and so they start kind of shrinking back and it kind of ends up being um, a one man show. And that is, that is extremely dangerous when one person gets to make the decision on what happens. One person is kind of like leading everything. And we got to be careful that we are not functioning in a hierarchy business sense. But as my book continues to talk about, it's the structure that demands the outcome. So if we are going to continue using a business model structure you know, for churches, these outcomes are inevitable. Like we don't really have a chance to change the outcomes because the system we're using demands these uh, to be the outcome. And so, you know, elders are appointed in, in really almost all North American churches. But a lot of times what they end up being is kind of like behind the scene. You know, nobody really even knows their name. I know, to be honest with you, like there's very few churches that I've been um, connected with you know, that I've been part of for an extended period of time where I actually knew all of their elders or even talked to any of the elders, you know, for that matter. And that is not what scripture teaches us the elders are actually for. And I'm not going to go through all of the scriptures about that, but my book has extensive scriptures on those. Um, you can find scripture in the book of Timothy, the book of Titus, First uh, Peter, right? There's just information after information about what the role of an elder is and how involved in the church um, they should be. So when you think about church leadership, we really need to start thinking differently rather than one person kind of being head over everything. It really needs to be spread out amongst all of the giftings, right? Ask yourself these questions. Does your church leadership you know, have a apostle, right? A prophet, uh, an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher. Are those made up within your leadership? If your leadership consists of, you know, a majority being one type of gift, right? Your church will never be mature, but that's what happens with a business structure is it ends up all being kind of like the pastor teacher's you know, tend up uh, being in the elders or the leadership board, right? 
because it's functioning like a business. So, well, then the mindset is we need business-minded people in leadership, right? And so typically the prophets, apostles, evangelists are kind of left out uh, because they're a little bit more radical. You know, they're a little bit crazy sometimes, right? Uh, they're much more interpersonal and they want to go, right? An apostle, like they are called to start new works. And so they're like, hey, let's go. They have tons of ideas. They don't really think about the financial side of it or the difficulty. They're like, we just need to do this. Let's go, right? You know, and the prophet is actually speaking into these situations. Being, hey, that's a good idea, not a good idea. And the evangelist, right? We just want to go preach the gospel. How do we, you know, for an evangelist, outreach is spreading the gospel, right? For a pastor teacher, outreach is letting people know about the church. So there's a significant difference. And so you can see how by not allowing the five gifts to function within the church leadership, how you could become a very one-sided church focused on business matters rather than gospel matters. And so I want you guys to consider that when you're looking at, you know, whether God's called you to start a church, whether you're just part of a church, maybe you're you know, current leadership of a church. I want you guys to consider this and look at these positions and these giftings and be like, hey, are we actually representing the gifts that Jesus gave to the church? Because if you think about it, if Jesus gave five gifts to the church in order to become mature and your church only has, you know, two, three at the most functioning, how on earth do you expect to become a mature body? It literally is impossible because Jesus did not give two or three gifts. He gave five and Jesus did not set aside, you know, certain gifts is more important, right? And so when you look at, you know, it says, you know, first, it, first are the apostles. That doesn't mean the apostles are better. What that means is the apostles are absolutely necessary because the apostles are the ones that start new work. Right. So if you have a pastor starting a new church, it's going to look like a business because the pastor's job is much more, you know, really functions more like a CEO would. Like his responsibility is to make sure everything's going well, make sure you know the teachings are correct, et cetera, et cetera. His job is not to start new works. It's, that's the apostle's job. And so if you if you don't have apostles functioning within your church, the only thing you're going to duplicate is a business model. And, and it's, and, and I'm sorry if, you know, I'm, I'm kind of sounding a little bit, uh, kind of bouncing back and forth, but it's really a, a difficult topic to think about. It's a difficult topic to, you know, discuss because there's so many variables that you could go down. There's so many roads you could go down, um, you know, and, and so like trying to get my thought process together on this, you know, sometimes can be difficult because I grew up in a traditional church, you know, and, and my desire is really, you know, for you guys to understand as simply as possible what the church is meant to be. And so that, that might be a little bit of why it sounds kind of a little, you know, jumbled around a little bit um, today, but, but it's really important that we realize that the question ends up becoming like, hey, who's the boss around here? Who's actually making the decisions? That ends up being a question and that, that typically ends up being the pastor. That should never be a question asked at church, who's the boss? Because being a boss is something that we never find in scripture. We find being a leader, we find being a pastor, we find being a shepherd, right? Um, but nowhere do we find in scripture that somebody is the boss of the church. 
That is a business mindset. That is a capitalist mindset. That is not a biblical mindset. That is not a gospel advancing mindset. It is a I am in control mindset. And that is not what we're called to. We are called to view Jesus as the one in control of the church. Uh, And so this was really a lot of the stuff out of chapter one out of my book, uh, Awakening the Sleeping Giant, Church Rediscovered. Uh, Our next podcast, we're going to start going into some of the things that we find in scripture and how we can actually start combating some of these issues that we've been talking about, you know, in these first, you know, several podcasts. Um, We'll be talking about uh, a community-minded church. What does it mean to be a community-minded church? Um, And really, what does it mean to be community-minded in general? Um, And why has the traditional church actually gotten in the way of Christians functioning in a true authentic community. Uh, And so I'm really looking forward to that one because this is actually going to start giving you uh, like practical application steps that you can do to start combating uh, these issues. And hopefully if you already have a church that's functioning, hopefully start steering it in a direction that aligns uh, with the biblical description of the church and moving away from this business model idea. If you're in the process of starting a church or, or if you're even just you know a, a Christian, you're going to start receiving tools now to say, okay, this is how we actually start living out our life to be the church, not to start a church not to have a church, not to begin an organization, but how do we actually be the church as Christians within community and actually become community focused uh, rather than a uh, centralized organization focus. So I hope I hope this made sense today. I, I kind of feel like it was a little jumbled, so I'm, I'm really sorry about that. Um, I do look forward to our next podcast. Uh, again, if you have not already uh, followed this podcast, I would really encourage you and ask you to do that. You can email me at be the church dot go at gmail.com if you have any questions or would like to be on the show you can download some of our training material for free at uh, www.bethechurch.training and there's some material on there you can download if you have any questions if you'd like a training just reach out via email and i would be more than happy to connect with you so all right that is all for this episode and until next time (laughs) 